My name is Danny Schill. And I'm Dan Muller. And we host the podcast We Book Celebrities. We book all kinds of celebrities, even though we're not that great at it. But we've had some success. Glenn Danzig, for instance. Yeah, you guys know. We've also had DJ Khaled. You can see the blessings in my house, my family, my musical garden, and Florida. Oh, wow. That's the end of the expert. Tanya Harding, Steven Seagal, and Meatloaf. Dick Cheney always says, one of my best friends. You and Dick, huh? Oh, yeah. I was there when he shot that guy in the face. I had to run off because I had priors. But Yeah. So please listen to We Book Celebrities on the Machine Culture Network. <laughs> They call me white devil, black Jesus, heaven closing, hell freezing, egos tripping. Hi, I'm Martha Reddick, and I'm the host of the podcast Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. Each week on Chronicles of Nannia, I'm joined by a guest to discuss topics related to nannying. From how to build the perfect fort to how to legally pay your taxes, we cover it all. If you've ever accidentally told your friend, I need to potty, this podcast is for you. See you on the playground. Yet, comrades, this is Impress Me With Music, the show where every week we create a new playlist that you can use to impress friends, enchant lovers, intimidate enemies, and just flat out enjoy yourself. Every week, my co-host, cohabitator, and long-suffering beard, Mary Novohovsky, and I carefully pick out each song for you and put them on a playlist. You can find our playlist embedded into the episode description. To get the playlist early, follow us on Spotify in the link, and rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Ultralight beam, we on a ultralight beam. This is a god dream. This is a god dream. This is everything. This is everything. Deliver us serenity. Deliver us peace. Deliver us love. We know we need it. Pray for Paris, pray for the parents 
This is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. We on a ultra light beam. We on a ultra light beam. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is everything. Welcome but to I'm Impress Me With Music. Uh, I'm Dave Metz. And I'm Mary Novohovsky. And that song was Ultralight Beam uh, by Kanye West uh, featuring Kelly Price, Kurt Franklin, and evidently Justin Bieber as well, according to this article on The Favor- Fader, The True Story of Kanye West's Ultralight Beam, as told by Fonsworth Bentley. That can't be right. Very interesting article. I highly recommend reading it. Um, so that was one of my picks, and the reason why I picked that song is for the Chance the Rapper verse, uh, where he announces that uh, he has a baby daughter. And there's a reason why I picked that song. Mary, do you know why? Do you want to take it from here? I think it might be because I am with child, Dave. That's right. Uh, this is uh, this is our baby episode. Welcome to the baby up. <laughs> wah, wah, there's a baby coming. Oh no! Yes, Mary and I. Uh, you know, Mary's actually been pregnant the whole time we've been doing the podcast. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, we weren't ready to tell you. Kind of like, you know, like she was 16 or something. Yeah. <laughs> like Bobby Darren, how his mom was his sister. I mean, I All right, moving on. Moving on, yes. So, I, uh, I love this song. I've always loved this song. It's one of the first tracks I think you ever put on any playlist you made for me. Yeah, so this song, aside from the song, uh, inter- you know, having a lot of stuff kind of about fatherhood. This is that thumb came out right around the time Mary and I started dating. So if you're doing the math, a little early to be having a baby based on how long we've been together. I don't care what you think about me. You can't judge me. This is my life. That's right. Well, it's my life too, and it's our baby daughter's life. Yeah, we're having a baby girl. I'm actually pretty pregnant. Yeah, how how far along are you right now? I'm 23 weeks. Okay, and for those of us that uh, aren't in prison, why don't you tell us uh, how many months you are? Okay, so every month is four weeks. Except for February. February. Um, I'm about five months pregnant. Yeah, so we're past halfway point. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. We're having this baby. Yeah, so in about four-ish months, Mary will have a baby, and I will be living in Canada. Yeah, Dave's uh, Dave's really trying to run away from paying that child support already. No, I can't wait to have... Honestly, like I, I can't wait to have uh, our baby daughter. It's like all I think about. It's so hard to focus on anything else during this pregnancy. Um, I'm just like so excited, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. So she's gonna poop a lot, but she's gonna definitely have really good taste in music. She'll be able, able no, to impress her peers for yeah. sure. My daughter ain't gonna be pooping. I don't know where. He, I I got big like opportunities in her uh, future, and she ain't gonna be pooping. Okay, not like some <laughs> common, not some peasant. Okay, so <laughs> I actually really love the life of pablo album it might be my favorite kanye album which i know is kind of a contentious crazy thing to say 
Um, I like it a lot. I mean, there's a lot of songs in this album that have a lot of uh, special meaning to me. Um, I mean, Real Friends is... Oh, Real Friends is amazing. Real Friends is amazing. Um, this song is amazing. I want to just say one more. Oh, this song is glorious. Yeah, let's let's keep let's keep talking. There are it. so many levels to this song, and I really highly recommend everyone read the Fader article um, about Fonsworth Bentley, um, the guy you'll know is holding Puff Daddy's uh, umbrella on making the band. But he, you know, he's actually like an accomplished uh, music producer as well. Not a lot of people know that about him. There's so many layers to this. I mean, you have a disgraced gospel singer who um he like had like a porn addiction you know what i mean like that's the guy you know i think his name is kirk franklin that's the guy like you've ever gone too far and can't come home that's why i need faith yeah so i mean it's great i mean and and the thing about uh chance the rapper sort of shielding his daughter from uh the public eye and like uh uh, I don't know. I just love it. I just love this song. I think this song will bring you up in times of sorrow, too. And this was kind of a winter jam for me. Yeah. And I think this is just a jam when you need to just be reinvigorated by the spirit. Yeah. This is a track to The play. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You put this on blast in your car, in your home, whatever, whatever you use to listen to music. And you you jam out to this, and I think I'm gonna be listening to this a lot when we have the kid, because you know, you're gonna we're gonna need that energy, gonna need that ultralight beam to get through like hours and hours of tears, yeah, and crying uh, and all that jazz. And I, I think it's a great introduction for our baby playlist. So that was one of my songs. So Mary, uh, the next pick is yours. The next pick is mine, huh? All right, here it goes. Yeah, so I don't know too much about Youth Lagoon. I'm reading about it right now. Um, this guy, his name is Trevor Powers. It's a one-man band. He's from Boise, Idaho. Um, and two years ago, I'm oh, sorry, last year, last February, he just decided to stop doing it. Yeah, he. I, I don't really know what led him to that decision. I will say um, I love this track. And basically, this whole album is really like a kind of coming-of-age sort of piece of work and this song a, a user on genius which every once in a while i gotta go to genius and see what the users have to say so my favorite line is the song is when i was 17 my mother said to me don't stop imagining the day that you do is the day that you die 
Yeah. And so that's sort of this idea of like advice. It's a kind of growing old and kind of like the uplifting presence of like your mom sort of cradles you through life. And coming of age, I've always loved coming of age tales. I just turned 26, so I feel like I'm almost past coming of age. <laughs> like I've officially come come closer to adulthood, but sort of having a child really starts to make me think more about my own childhood and the struggles I faced. And this track really like brings me back to like the summer and stuff of being 17 and knowing we're gonna have a daughter and all the things she'll experience. This feels really poignant to me now, I guess. Yeah, well, and I think it's interesting. We've, you know, in preparing to have a kid, you know, we've talked about, you know, what you do is when you find out you're going to have a kid, you know, you, you start thinking, like, what was good about the way I was raised and what was bad? What would I change, you know? And one thing that Mary and I both liked and we, we want our daughter to have is an imagination. You know what I mean? And it's hard now. You see all these kids with just, you know, you just see a kid with a phone in their face, like everywhere you turn. Right. It's like they're already sucked into this sort of like dystopian Wally-esque future. Do you know what I mean? At the age For of four sure. or something. And I even love this, the lyrics that it kicks off with, like roaming the campground out by the lake we were sw- where we swam. We were hunting for snakes, but we couldn't find them. You know, just this idea of like being out in nature, running around in the world, being carefree, exploring. Right. And it's this kind of sense that is the epitome of childhood. And yeah, I feel like all a lot of kids these days are super duper sheltered. I'm like, I see like eight year olds whose like moms won't let go of their hands and we're going to raise a weird, you know, city child. Yeah, exactly. I'm I mean, I'm going to want her to learn to ride the trains. I'm going to want her to learn to do shit on her own. Yeah, exactly. Um... I was actually reading an article that said that in New York you have um, another coming-of-age moment, which is the first time you get mugged. Oh, yeah. And was, this lady was talking about how her kid got mugged at 14 was when he got mugged, and all he got was a black eye. And, you know, I think about these trade-offs, right? It's like, do I want my daughter to get mugged? No. But I would rather have a daughter that got mugged and had a full childhood than just some sheltered piece of shit. Yeah, that's right. I'm putting everyone else on blast. Yeah, I was pretty much sheltered. So were you. Oh, yeah. I was we were, afraid we of the outdoors. More, we were way more. I mean, I my grandparents were Ukrainian immigrants, so they like would let us walk to the park when my sister and I were I'm like, sorry. Would you say your, your parents were Ukrainian immigrants? What did you yes, say? Yes, yes. <laughs> my parents and my grandparents. So they had that less of a sense of, you know, my baby's going to get stolen fear. Yeah. So I feel like I got a lot of autonomy to kind of run the streets when I was little. Sure. I, I, got, a, I got a lot of autonomy in that regard. But the autonomy that my parents wanted to give me was you know, we, I, where, where I grew up. I grew up uh, in front of a creek or a crick, as some people like to call it. A crick, a crick. A crick, yep. <laughs> and um, on the crick, right, it was, I was afraid. I was afraid of, like, butterflies. I was afraid of, like, all nature. So when he talks about snakes, I, like, remember my friends doing that. What I did is I rode my bike around the street listening to Lauren Hill on a cassette tape and uh, pretty much did not interact much with other children. <laughs> what a sweet, sweet, sensitive boy. <laughs> I know, right? Do you have uh, another track I do. To, kick, to throw in? I was going to say kick us off. We've already been kicked off. I'm going to kick you off in a second. Let's right. play this yeah, song. Yeah, kick me off. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I call it. Shit for niggas with daughters, I call this 
Shit for niggas with daughters, I call this. Shit for niggas with daughters, I call this. Shit for niggas with daughters. I saw my daughter send a letter to some boy her age who locked up. First I regretted it, then caught my rage. Like, how could I not protect her from this awful face? Never try to hide who I was. She was taught and raised like a princess. But while I'm on stage, I can't leave her defenseless. Plus, she see me switching women, pops us on some pimp shit. She heard stories of her daddy thugging. So if her husband is a gangster, can't be mad. I love her. Never for her, I want better. Homie in jail, dead dad. Wait till he come home. You can see where it's Heads at. Niggas got game, they be trying to live He seen your mama crib, plus I'm sure he know who your father is Although you real, plus an honest kid Don't think I'm slow, I know you probably had that chronic lid You 17, I got a problem with it She look at me like I'm not the cleanest father figure But she rockin' with it This for niggas with daughters, I call this Shit for niggas with daughters, yo Not saying that, so that was sons daughters. Uh, It's by Nas off of Life is Good um, Mary, what are your first thoughts on that track? Um, I like that track. It's a sweet track. It's, uh, what year was... That was 2012. It came out right when I moved to LA. Okay, so this is kind of Nas going back to a style that I, I like a little bit more. Nas had some pitfalls there after... Oh, God, that song... I know, I can't be right. what I want. God, that is the he, worst he, he fucking song ever made. He he fell he fell pretty hard for me after Illmatic and it's really hard for me to listen to a lot of after, no, newer he, stuff. He still, look, Illmatic is his first album, so I don't want to sound like one of those people that's like, well, they're not as good as their first album. Here's the thing, Nas was solid to me up until um, like that that save the music bullshit. To be honest with you, Nas, I mean, oftentimes is given the title of the greatest rapper alive. And I think that in a lot of ways it's fair. Um, he's put out some amazing albums. And after he took some weird break, uh, I mean, I'm not going to point any fingers here, but it coincided right when he was dating slash married to Khalees, who, by the way, is a great musician. I like Khalees a lot. Yeah, you really got me into Khalees. Yeah, Khalees is great, but when he was dating Khalees, he put out some dog shit. You know what I mean? And I, I'm, I'm just going to have to go ahead and blame Khalees. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, here's here's why I love about this song. So, I am a bit of a... <laughs> I'm a rough character, all right? I'm a little... I'm abrasive. I'm not a little abrasive. I have some self-awareness. I understand I'm not like... I'm not like your archetypal father, okay? And I've wondered about, like, you know, like, man, like, I'm going to have a daughter. And, like, you know, like... I'm gonna, you know, like that Chris Rock thing where he talks about like when you're you're you're, you're, you're a guy and you have a daughter, you know, you're kind of the model uh, for like men in her life. You know what I mean? And it's something that I've been really like, fuck, like I'm gonna fuck that up because she's gonna find out that I was a drug addict. She may, you know, her her parents met doing comedy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you and I have been through some weird ass shit, but it's like you're the mom, I'm the dad. You know what I mean? She's gonna see that and unless she hates me she's gonna think maybe this shit is not that bad and you right. have to reconcile that you know there's a a line in the song i think you know exactly which one i'm gonna point out which one um they say the coolest players and foulest heartbreakers in the world god gets us back he makes us have precious little girls yeah and i'd say you know without I, I love Dave. I'm marrying him. I'm having his daughter. 
But, you know, you've definitely been called out for having some misogynist, sexist tendencies. Sure. And you've definitely been a kind of a player. You I know, know. And you've, I... you've been a little bit of a heartbreaker. I, I, I know I know some of your some of your history. So I think it's kind of nuts. And but we knew we were going to have a daughter, which is the crazy thing. Like, I know. Like before there was any science to back that up. We just kind of felt it, which I know it's a lame thing to say. Like we just knew we just felt it. But we did. I know. And I hate that, too, because I hate all sorts of voodoo witchcraftery bullshit. I mean, I, I barely believe in the Dow Jones. You know what I mean? <laughs> And uh, this, this idea that, like, uh, you know, we knew we were going to have a daughter. I was in China talking to, you know, Muhammad, last week's guest. Uh, I was over at her apartment. And um, she says, what do you think you're going to have? And I said, I think it's going to be a daughter. And she goes, that's what I thought, too. I was going to tell you, I think you're going to have a daughter. And Nas, look, this song Nas reconciles the, that idea quite a bit in this song. Um, but also, he talks a lot about, basically, about how he's not been the best dad. You know what I mean? And right. It, you know, and it's like, and he's not even saying, like, oh, I did a shitty job. He's just, you know, he opens by talking about finding a letter that his daughter wrote to a guy in prison. And this is about a very specific time in your daughter's life when she's, like, 18. You know what I mean? I think that's how old Nas's daughter was. This is Nas's uh, daughter from his first wife, and um, it's like, you know, um, that's going to be tough. Like, having a baby is going to be time-consuming, but I'm going to love it. It's going to be a cute little baby, and then it's going to be a cute little kid, and then she's going to, you know, grow to adolescence. And then the real tough time to be a father is going to be when she's like 16, 17, 18. That's when it's going to be tough. Right. You know, and that's when I'm finally going to have to not be a misogynist anymore. I'm going to have to start <laughs> viewing got, women as you equals. You've got about 16 years. Yeah, that's plenty of time. that this track is actually off their album Soul Mining originally. Yeah, so, I mean, when I hear a song like that, I'm thinking, okay, 80s, guitar, um, cartoons laid over the uh, in, in the music video of what's going on. You know, how, how on the money am I? Like, I knew they were British right away, like, before I even looked them up. You're, you're on the money, but this song is special to me. Why is this song special to you? I think that I'm in this sort of really, like, beautiful 
I'm really about these like beautiful lyrics and meaning and reflection. And this is called this is also a very reflective song. Like, you know, I didn't wake up this morning because I didn't go to bed. You were watching the whites of your eyes turn red. You know, and it's another one of those kind of sleepless nights reflecting on your life and what everything has been. And as we kind of near the birth of our first child, I definitely am starting to feel a lot of that. I mean, I've never been more reflective about what have I done with my life in these 26 years. And because after she's born, everything changes. I mean, my entire purpose changes. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to think about it, you know. Um, this is going to be a weird thing to relate it to, but right after 9-11 happened, I remember thinking, huh, yeah, I know, right? Life before and life after are different now, and I remember feeling like a demarcation, more or less. And then over time, that proved just to be a bunch of bullshit, uh, because none of it affected me. Uh, not even a little bit, except for airport. Uh, and I'm Man, I hate these lines. I hate these lines, but I like getting touched by the hefty broad and the weird polo shirt. All right. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, the, the birth of our daughter does 100% signify a change in our life that we will never go back from. And it's scary beyond uh, just... Um, the excitement. There's fear. I mean, like, people always go, are you ready? It's like, fuck no. Am I ready? How can you be ready? You feel ready? No, no. I, I don't feel ready. I can't feel ready. I mean, we live in a shit hovel where all of our clothing is thrown about and we haven't done the dishes in two weeks. So, I mean, I feel like a totally irresponsible piece of shit. So, do I feel ready to raise a child? Absolutely not. I feel mentally ready sometimes. Like, I know what I want to bring. We've read all the books. I feel more competent than a lot of other people who are like, I give my child a bottle of formula and Doritos and she just fine. You know, I, fe I feel more ready than that, but... Yeah. I don't know, this this song... Yeah, just kind of going back to the track, I think this is, like, for me, one of the ultimate songs. I, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Really? I think this is definitely, like, a top 50 track. When did you hear it? How old were you when you heard it? I heard the song when I was in high school for the first time. Really? Like an 80s song? Yeah, it, it popped up. You know what? You know how... <laughs> I remember, actually, I heard this track on this girl's MySpace. Do you remember when you could put a song on your yeah, MySpace yeah. and you could like create your own vibe of who you were and what, what the fuck you were all about. Yeah. And I think this was like a girl that somebody I had a crush on, had a crush on her. And then I was like, Oh man, this song is so cool. And then <laughs> after I was creeping on her, yeah. you know, we've been creeping for a long time. I know we like to think that Facebook did it, but I've, I've been creeping since MySpace. So, uh, creep. Remember that song? PLC. Yeah, a lot, a lot of songs. We, we could do, we'll do a creepin' episode. I'm a creep, creep. I'm a lover, I'm a, you know, right? All right. <laughs> Give it up for Dave. Come to the stage. Yeah, right. I love Mary's Mary's strip club voice. Uh, strip club announcer voice is one of my favorites. I ones. love strip clubs, but that's a whole other episode, All too. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so this, this track for me, I, I keep babbling on about it, but it's just very reflective. What do you think of it? Um, Other than, ah, this is just an 80s song, Mary. Uh, you know what? The thing about a lot of the songs that you like um, that I never would have listened to on my own is these dancey, synthier, um, 
a lot of times British one-man band situations. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it's because you like a vibe. You like an aesthetic. And, like, I can get into that. I can dig on that, you know? It's, uh, you know, it's not something I would probably listen to on my own. But now, whenever I hear the song, obviously, I'm going to think of you. Aww. All right. All right. Let's let's jam out to something else. Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. But then, if you're so smart, tell me why are you still so afraid? Mm-hmm. Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out. You got so much to do and only so many hours in a day. But you know that when the truth is told that you can get what you want or you can just get old. You're gonna kick off before you even get halfway through. Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits Okay, so that was by Billy Joel off of The Stranger. That's uh, two Billy Joel, two The Stranger in two weeks. Right. I was giving you some shit about Billy Joel last week, but we actually talked about this track in the car a couple days ago, and like, I love it. It's sad. It's really sad. You want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah. So, um, and my, you know, you know how I like to ham-fistedly get like history, maybe like eighty percent, seventy percent, right? So yeah, I do a, I like I like conjecture, you know, a little bit. So hopefully I'm 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 doing this justice. But basically, as far as I understand it, Billy Joel's father was a concert pianist uh, in the uh, uh, in Austria when it was I guess the Austrian Empire or something. And Hitler comes around, he moves to New York, moves to the Bronx, gets married, has a kid who is Billy Joel, and uh, I believe Billy Joel has a sister. And then when Billy Joel is eight years old, he's like, you know what? Fuck this. This shit ain't for me. And he moves back to Austria and leaves Billy Joel's, leaves his family, and, and Billy Joel... Like, it's a long time before Billy Joel sees him again. And he just, like, starts a new life in Vienna where he actually gets married and has another child who is actually, like, a very famous, um, I want to say conductor in Vienna. And um, it's kind of interesting because the contents of the song are kind of like... So it's kind of like Father and Son by Cat Stevens, you know, where it's like... I'm sort of talking down to you as your father. I'm talking down to you a little bit. There's shit you don't know. You're a little fucking kid. There's a lot of shit you don't know. You know what I mean? And um, there is def and it's kind of got like this boy named Sue quality, you know, where it's like he's trying to toughen up his kid. He's like saying like, you know, um, appreciate your childhood, but at the same time, you know, uh, don't shoot for much. You know what I mean? Like learn to be happy. And uh, what's the one line? Um, uh, only, what is it? Like, only fools are satisfied. Right. And I think what this song, and I don't know in what spirit Billy Joel wrote it necessarily, but I think this track also kind of exemplifies um, a mistake that a lot of especially parents who are not deeply involved in their kids lives or who walk away from it and then they have this this very poignant reason so for his father it's like 
I wasn't satisfied, you know, I needed to go pursue this other life. I made this other life and that brought me more happiness. And you always have to think about yourself and you always, you know, you always come first. And I think that sometimes, you know, making a choice that really hurts another person, I think that's just an easier way to justify it too. It's kind of a thing for me to say, you know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, your Vienna waits for you. And it's like, yeah, you know, or maybe... Maybe my Vienna was having a father. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe my maybe my Vienna was having a father. Maybe, you know, you were selfish to have Vienna. Or maybe you should never have made this whole decision in the first place that you never wanted to make. And you should have always waited for Vienna. But if you were going to have, you know, bring a kid into this world, you really think that, like, if that... I, mean, I don't know. It's kind of cruel to be like, listen, Billy, you just weren't satisfying enough. Right. And so... you. You weren't enough for me, but someday something, you know, nothing should be enough for you. And and maybe you'll walk away from your family. Yeah. Too, and, and, and you'll understand. You'll finally understand me. And it's like, no, fuck you. You should learn to try to understand me after you abandon me instead of this whole. Right. And, and what you actually see in Billy Joel's life at the time that he wrote this song is like, he doesn't know like what the fuck he was doing. So uh, Billy Joel was a part of a duo and the guy, the other guy in the band, the sideman to his Garfunkel, was married to a woman. And Billy Joel and this woman fucking run away together. And that's who She's Always a Woman to Me, which is the B-side. Or rather, this is the B-side to that. They're written at the same time period. They're pressed on the same 45, you know? It's like, Billy Joel doesn't understand how to have a stable family. I mean, look at him now. Now we can look. This, I mean, when did this song come out? Uh, I don't know, like the 80s or something like that. You know, you can look back and be like, wow, man, Billy Joel said really kind of a bad family life on his own since he's been the patriarch of a family he hasn't really gotten it together and and it's it's kind of like um like there's a line in the song where he says it's a chorus actually he's like you know when the truth is told that you can get what you want or you can guess just get old it's like yeah you know what you're gonna get used to things things are shitty and that's why i love the stranger by billy joel it's his most personal album there's no fucking rocka rocka bye you may be right there's none of that bullshit is on here okay this is a song about how life is a lot shittier than you think it is and you just ought to accept it right and i love the song as much as i made a giant critique on his father and him it's because that just makes me sad that story just makes me sad yeah, it makes me sad, but there is some, you know, I like, you know, it's like this, the last, second to last, uh, this little stanza here is, slow down, you crazy child, and take the phone off the hook and disappear for a while. It's all right, you can afford to lose a day or two. I do like the idea, you know. I like that too. Make our daughter, we're going to try and raise an ambitious, you know, you want the most for your child, obviously, we've never been parents before, but it's like, you want the most for your child, so we're going to try and do that. And, you know, like, like we were saying earlier, we, we're going to want her to take some breaks from that as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, I think, uh, I think we can move on to the next track. Yeah, sorry, I had a lot to say about that one. Mary, to a pick? That's my pick. I'm ready to go. Heat began. I told a girl, look here, calm down, I'ma hold your hand. 
playing cause you was quick to learn And we can make money to burn If you allow me to lay this game I don't ask for much But enough room to spread my way And the world finna know my name I don't Cody Chestnut, and you can find it on their album, Phrenology. Yeah, so, uh, obviously this is the song that put The Roots on the map. Like, I, I had been a fan of The Roots since Things Fall Apart, and I remember when this came out, I was like, oh man, this is the shit. Yeah, this track, this track was the shit. Um, I love this track. I would play this track on road trips with my family. And I totally didn't understand how sexual it was at the time. But when I actually read up on the lyrics now, as much as they are like blatantly sexual, it's actually really about um, him like fighting his like hip hop roots with one like drop a rock and roll album. So apparently there's some weird deeper context to it that I, I don't quite understand. Yeah, I don't this you hate it when you a sexy track. I think it's just a sexy track, making love. Making a baby behind the lover's back, literally kind of weird, but uh, that's just kind of like a sexy baby making track, and that's that's sort of why uh, why I, I put through this one on the album. The seed, we, had, yeah. we got a seed fertilized yeah, up I, in here. I put I put a seed in Mary. Um, <laughs> here, here here's the thing. No, about. I think I had the seed. You fertilized the seed. All right, that's fair. Um, Biology, babe. Here's the weird thing about, so this was originally a song by Cody Chestnut, and I actually remember seeing him, he made an album, uh, I believe this is on it, called Headphone Masterpiece, and it was on, I remember he was featured alongside Kanye West on this show on VH1, I don't remember what it was called, it was called like First Look or something, it was like new and upcoming artist, and I swear to God, Kanye West is to this day the only artist from that that is anything, that I, I, I mean, that I'm aware of. And Cody Chestnut, it's weird. He uses the word fertilize, and he talks about putting a seed in a bush, in her bush, which makes me think it's like fertilize is like a technical term, like it's scientific almost. And in a bush, it's like, do you not know how sex works, Cody? It does not go into her pubic hair. The vagina is actually, it's underneath. You got to go around. It's not like a penis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's weird. It's just a weird... I mean, uh, okay, I, I don't know. Like I said, Dave, you are you are my little scientist. Um, I like this. I'll tell you what. Little Mary is bad in these streets she done ran. That's you. Yeah, that's me. Although, it's funny because, like, if you look at, um, if you look at, like, people interpreting some of the lyrics, like, if Mary drives my baby girl tonight, I would name her rock and roll. That basically they're saying Mary symbolizes Cody's music, which is pure like the Blessed Virgin. Like, okay, someone who's a real big fan of Cody Chestnut. I'm, d- I'm doing a jerk off hand motion <laughs> right now. Jesus Christ. And then Christ, Baby Girl symbolizes his album. In other words, Cody has a newfound love for rock and roll, which has him feeling like he is being unfaithful to the music he has loved all his life. I know. And you know what? I fucking hate it when I dig deeper and see what artists meant. Like, the. Like. The worst one is Hotel California by the Eagles. I mean, people have theorized, like, is that about the Church of Satan? Is it about drugs? Is it about a whorehouse? Uh, is it about prison? Is it about hell? And then it's like, Don Henley's like, it's about how the music industry treated us unfairly. It's like, well, go fuck yourself, buddy. That is the dumbest fucking thing. And to find him, like, I'm cheating on hip-hop with rock and roll. 
Shut the fuck up, you idiot. I like this some, is a I like great some, song. I like some more when it was a sexy jam. I know. And, and here's the thing. It's sexy, but obviously this is about like the roots. Like the roots. Everyone in the roots is a fucking musical genius. And, and it's like they took this and made this about like it's like about childhood. It's about being a parent. Do you know what I mean? Like read the fucking lyrics that Black Thought says, the rap part. You know? It's about like, you know, you got some fucking, you know, this wild girl has a baby and it's crazy out there. And he's like saying like, you know, I think in a lot of times he's like rapping ass her and it's like, you know, this part where it's like, I don't beg, I can hold my own. I don't break, I can hold the chrome and it's weighing a ton and I'm a son of a gun and my code name is the only one. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, you know, he's, this world isn't going to break me down like i can do this shit i ain't no i'm no bitch you know what i mean like i love that yeah we can do this shit yeah so that's my track that's my jam where where are you taking us where i wonder where this journey is going next for you for you dave this one is for you this actually. one's for me this is for you oh. opportunity be knocking you gotta let them all fuck in I kiss my mother on the cheek, tell her that I love her You ain't gotta worry about a tank, I got it covered Why you think I'm out here acting crazy? Why you think I'm out here acting crazy? Why you think I'm out here acting crazy? Ma, you know I'm still your little baby All my life I was a fuck up, now I pull the truck up Same bitch stuck up, now she wanna suck us See me hanging out the window screaming what what No more tough luck, a different glove is what I'm cut from Baby oh my lord, the cops chasing Bronson in the all white Ford Shit, I'm on that all night tour Bitch I'm alright but I'm off that roar I'm in the road dancing sauce on the top floor You would swear I'm Puerto Rican but I'm not lord Hot hoes every city that we go sinking Head side, kill him with they know uh, All I do is eat oysters Alright, so that was SB acting crazy Action Bronson off of his uh, album Mr. Wonderful um, Mary, first thoughts on that track? You know, Action Bronson has really grown on me I first got wind of him when he With Baby Blue Oh yeah, that's that, and that was the lead single off of this album Right so you've only been recently listening to him. I've only been, re- you know what? It's weird because I, I watch a lot of Munchie stuff. So I got into him actually after Baby Blue. Then I watched a lot of like Fuck That's Delicious. Right, which is hilarious. Which uh, if you love cooking shows and smoking weed, you should totally watch that. It's it's amazing. Every every video he does basically, he's like a he's my YouTube star. Um, he, he's he's your Cameron Dallas. Is, yeah, uh, Action he's, Bronson. He's my Cameron Dallas. <laughs> I I watch more Action Bronson videos than I care to admit. Um, yeah, I love and I really I really love this song. I love the beat. I I don't know like too much about what he's trying to say. I feel like I need you to educate me. I, I can pull up. I can pull up some some lyrics. Sure. Um. Yeah. You can pull some lyrics. It's called acting crazy. Um. He has a close relationship with his mom, and and, and the reason why I, I, heard that, yeah. I, I played this for you is that you know, um, Action Bronson's like the opening lines that he has. You know, all my life I was a fuck up. Now I pull the truck up. I love that because it's like he's saying this to like his mom, 
And if, you know, I, there's a really great interview, um, I think it was at The Champs with Action Bronson, he talks about his childhood in Queens, and it's like, he was like a fuck-up kid, and like, I was a fuck-up kid. I was a fuck-up kid, too. You know, and it's like, you, you, you know, the moment when you kind of are a fuck-up kid and you stop fucking up, and you get to kind of like, look you know look to your parents and be like I, I didn't fuck this whole thing up you know you gave me life and i didn't completely ruin it i finally turned it around and that's like you know i like that about action bronson because he's such an unlikely success because he was a chef he was not he wasn't like a fucking theater school kid or anything like that he was a chef and, and, he, and that got fucked up when he got an injury in the kitchen. Yeah, he, like, hurt his leg in the kitchen, and then he's like, well, I always wanted to rap, and then he starts fucking putting out mixtapes and shit like that. Right, and, you know, like, that injury could have cost him his career. And I actually love, I love the chorus that he kind of dives into right away. Um, opportunity be knocking. You gotta let a motherfucker in. I kiss my mother on the cheek, tell her that I love her. You ain't gotta worry about a thing, I got it covered. Well, you think I'm out there acting crazy? Ma, you know, I'm still your little baby. I don't know. That's pretty beautiful. Because I feel it for myself even now. I feel like I'm only now getting my shit together in life. Sure. And, you know, I've never kind of had my shit together more than I do now that we've got Sophie on the way. By the way, that's going to be her name. Oh, Just yeah. You FYI. revealed that a little early. Fuck. We're not going to cut that. No, 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 no. Just pretend you didn't hear it. Pretend we said spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler. Um, and I just, I like that. I like, I like the vibe of this. You know, the mom's still your little baby, and I'm sure that there's gonna be times where our kid's gonna disappoint us or piss us off. And nah, she's gonna be great. She'll, she'll be great. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite of that. Not sawing in a little bit of a way. It's sort of the other side of it. It's like, hey, I'm the fuck up kid, but guess what? I'm still your little baby. You know what I mean? Right. And she'll always be my little baby. Yeah. All right, that's it's your so, turn. It's so nuts. It is You're nuts. Feeling a baby kick you from inside, pretty weird. Just started getting that lately, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> it's, All right. uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn with which path to go on. I think I've got two more tracks left, right? You've got two. I've got one. Yep, that's how it goes. Got the upper hand. All right, I think I'm going to go back to something real sweet. That you bought today. Staring at the fire for hours and hours while I listen to you play your love songs all night long. house by crosby stills nash and young off their album deja vu 
And you know, you you when you told me you're gonna put the song on here, I was like, I love this. I've always loved the song, even when I was listening to like ICP and new metal and, and gangster rap when I was a kid. I like whenever I heard the song, I was like, this is just a dope ass track. And you know what's crazy? I told my dad, I go, I go, Dad, you know that song that's like our house. In the middle of our street, my dad goes, no, but I know this song. And then he played this fucking song ever since then. I'm like, this is great. I love this song. Um, this is a super simple song. You, I'll let you go into how it was written and a little bit of the backstory. But every time that I listen to this song, I found it just kind of epitomizes this little peaceful moment that I would like to be at the center of my life. Because I, I've had a lot of tumult Sure. And uh, I really like the idea of just peace. Like, a very, very, very fine house. You know, just a very simple, simple moments are sometimes the best moments. And as we start a family, you kind of are like, yeah, you know, I just kind of want to chill. Sunday afternoon, this is sort of what I think of, you know, just chilling, hanging out, have a cup of tea. Get yeah. a couple, get a couple of dogs. I'm not that big a fan of cats, but I, I get the message, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the weird thing about this song is how just literate it is from an exact moment in Graham Nash's life when he was dating Joni Mich- Mitchell, and they had a house in L.A. in Laurel Canyon, which, by the way, I believe that's where the Manson family lived. And um, would you look at that? How about that? Um, and, um, basically, uh, what happened was exactly what's in the song. She put flowers in a vase. There was two cats in the yard. Like if when he did an interview with Terry Gross and, and it's like, just, it is almost stupid how literal it is. But the moment, like you said, it's that picture of a moment in your life. And then you realize that like you're driving to that you know we live on the south side of chicago right now and we've done some really exciting shit with our life and now i'm like looking forward to moving to like a neighborhood like ravenswood like just a north side residential neighborhood i get happy when i see moms with strollers little kids eating ice cream and shit like that like i'm really just like looking forward to just those moments which i never thought much of before but now i'm like wouldn't that be wonderful you know just to have that Right, and even now as we kind of get near to that sort of these little fine moments, like Dave and I had a two-hour dinner tonight. I was like, oh, isn't this delightful? How European. <laughs> yeah. We took two hours and 12 minutes to have dinner because we're, we're in and out diners for the most part. You know, I like shove as much food down my mouth as I can in 40 minutes because we have to be somewhere we're constantly running and so Mary is the CEO of her own company which we've not mentioned before <laughs> on the podcast no we'll, we'll 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 do an episode about that we don't we don't gotta go into it no I know but I'm just saying it's like you know what it's like I mean it, look I want to go on record here and say Mary's an amazing woman you know what I mean she is about to have a kid she runs her own company she, you know, God, she runs our lives. You know what I mean? Like she, she's the one cooking dinner 80% of the time. You know, she's the one driving us, you know, almost everywhere. I mean, it's just, she is amazing. The fact that you can do this is really amazing. And, and that's why I think maybe another reason why we really love these moments now is it's just time to stop and like appreciate it a little bit. You're going to make me cry. Oh, don't cry in the podcast. I'm going to pod cry. 
Uh, don't pod cry. You gotta pick another song so I can pod cry. Okay, so this is my last song, and and honestly, I put too many songs on the playlist. I know there's there's a lot of tracks on here. I mean, we'll obviously have all these tracks available for you guys to listen to. Um, uh, man, uh, jeez, oh, Louise. I'm real. I really like this playlist. If this is too cheesy for you to listen to all the way through, and you're like, oh my god, these people are just showering each other in so much love yuck Ugh, gross uh then just give us the playlist a, a, a look and listen there's a lot of tracks we're not going to be able to, to yeah, play on the episode but i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty I, I like this one and let me say uh the first two songs on the playlist which are not going to get played beautiful by master ace and make you feel that way by black delicious those are just those are mood songs to me you know i'm just like happy to go back to what you said about this song it's like just these, these great w- moments that we're having together but the song that I want to play is this one. Sophia So Far by Goodnight Radio. And what is the name of the album, Mary? Do you have the album handy? The name of the album is Sophia So Far. Oh, yeah. I think this is actually... Um, uh, on a, is this a single? I, th- I think it was made for a movie, actually. Um, I don't know too much about this band, other than the, that even though they sound like an 80s band, this came out in 2013. Goodnight Radio is the name of the band. Do you, do you know them? I don't know them at all. I was going to say... There's something kind of funny to me, even though this is not an 80s track, that we both sort of lean towards some, you know, some synth tracks. We both used to play the synthesizer, though. We did both used to play the synthesizer, which, you know, our unofficial wedding registry for Impress Me With Music, if anyone would like to start a fund. We should have gotten a fucking Moog! (laughs) I don't want a fucking bassinet, I want a Moog! (laughs) Yeah, we're going to probably sell the bassinet for a Moog. Um, hey, Mary, you're a moog. Yeah, you're a moog, you fucking moog. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There is something about the synth that, again, is like very reflective and very upbeat. 
And I think it's hard not to sort of start to get in that mood as you get closer to having a kid. I think this just sort of simplifies it. Sure, and a synth pad is also you got this sort of all-encompassing emotion. It's like an emotion. It's like, guy, have you ever been to like, like some sort of like a music festival where they had some dumb shit set up for you to like walk around while you're tripping? Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. And it's like a synth is kind of like that for uh, an emotion. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. Just a synth pad, though. That like big. It's like, that's where your uh, emotions are going right now. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's like kind of, um, I don't know. Because it's like it's like one note. It's like one note is carrying you. It's both very simple and very complicated at the same time. Right. I love I love a good synth track. And I think there's another reason you picked this song. Well, yes. It's because Sophia is our daughter's name. Sophia Louise. Um, there's other reasons I picked it, too. And it's the first verse, which uh, the lyrics are, When I learned... Feel alive, and you know you were fine. Sharing knives, cut and go, I just hope that you were home. So, you know, obviously this song is about this guy's girlfriend, but, or a love interest of some kind, but, you know, it talks about learning, crying, uh, hoping uh, for someone. It's like, you know, maybe maybe I can only look at things through the lens of, of a, a father-to-be, but I hear those things and I'm thinking, like, kid. That's what I think of when I hear those things. Right. What? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's very sweet. It's like we're too sweet. We gotta like wrap it up before we. Oh, okay. You gonna are you gonna stay just... sweet or are you gonna do a change? Oh, I'm changing the fuck out of this. All next right. One. All right. Well, this is our exiting track. So, what do you want to say before we play it? Um, you know, there's a lot of reflection and there's a lot of getting ready and there's a lot of emotions. But at the end of the day, raising a kid is gonna be tough as shit. Being a parent's gonna challenge us in every way possible, and eventually, and time will pass by in like the blink of an eye, and we'll all be like fucking robots and flying in cars, and then we're gonna have a teenager. And so, I thought the most appropriate way to end it would really to kind of be with a with a good old-fashioned grunge track. And there's really nothing more. Um, I think well known than a little bit of Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Is that really what it is? That's what I'm mean. That's what I'm gonna go out with. You're gonna you for our daughter. For our daughter. She'll uh, be a badass. Alright, Sophie, if you ever hear this, listen. There are a lot of other Nirvana songs deserving of your time. But your mom uh, your mom likes this one. This one is the quintessential. I suppose so. When would when will someone find the time to listen to Smells Like Teen Spirit? I'm kidding. Um, sh- I mean, are you are you really are you giving me shit right now? I'm giving you a little bit of shit, but um, I thought it was a fun change from where we were. It is a fun change. I'm just I'm just breaking your balls because I love you. It was you. this for the Beatles, you know. Oh yeah, I know. Beatles. We'll put Beatles on the playlist. We've we've had enough sappy Brits. Enough. <laughs> for, for one episode, I think we're good. Alright. Alright, it's been real. I've been Mary Novohovsky. I'm still Dave Metz. And you're still listening to Impress Me with Music. Good for you. <laughs> See you later, bitches.
show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.